My mother always told me never to open a door unless I knew what lay behind it. Sound advice, perhaps, but a rule I had trouble adhering to. As an adult, I'd come to realize she'd been speaking metaphorically, attempting to temper my natural enthusiasm with a bit of useful caution. No matter. By then, the habit of throwing open doors and rushing gleefully onward was already deeply ingrained. Being an optimist, I was always certain that whatever lay beyond each new portal would be a happy surprise, and the few bumps and scrapes I'd suffered along the way had done nothing to diminish that belief. Nevertheless, on that soggy March afternoon, as I hurried through the Howard Academy Auditorium, climbed the half-flight of steps, and went backstage to the prop room, I wasn't expecting any surprises at all, much less the one I found. I'd been sent to find an oil painting of Honoria Howard, sister of early 20th century robber baron Joshua Howard, and co-founder of the school. Commissioned portraits of the pair hung side by side in the front hall of the stone mansion that formed the nucleus of the private academy. This painting, said to be of lesser quality, apparently also suffered the secondary sin of being monstrously unflattering. It had been relegated to storage and eventually found its way to the prop room, where it was hauled out on occasion when a set required period atmosphere. Having seen the portrait Honoria favored, indeed having passed by it daily since taking the job as special needs tutor at Howard Academy the previous September, I was privately of the opinion that the woman had been lucky to find an artist who'd been able to record her countenance for posterity without flinching. If that painting featured her good side, I could readily understand why no one had wanted to find wall space for this one. If I hadn't been in such a hurry, the sound of voices arguing loudly might have given me pause. As it was, I'd already opened the door before I realized I might be intruding. Eugene Krebs, the school's elderly caretaker, stood in the middle of the small, cluttered room. Wearing his customary overalls and hangdog expression, he was holding a broom in one hand and gesturing forcefully with the other. He wasn't a big man, and his clothes hung on him as if chosen to suit a larger frame. I judged him to be in his late sixties, though older wouldn't have surprised me. His soft, fleshy features and watery brown eyes gave him a look of amiability that was at odds with a perpetually grumpy disposition. Before coming to Howard Academy, I'd worked in the Connecticut public school system for half a dozen years. There, the rules had been stringent, the budget adhered to, the paperwork endless, and a man like Krebs would have long since been retired. Here, he was only one of many private school eccentricities I'd encountered in the last semester and a half. His custodial skills were totally outdated, the broom he brandished was evidence of that, and a support staff seemed to do much of the actual work— I'd been told Krebs had been a fixture at the school for decades. Everyone seemed to take his presence for granted, and though he never seemed to accomplish much, he was often to be found hovering glumly in the background. I'd never had occasion to speak with Krebs before. In fact, I wasn't sure I'd ever heard him do more than mutter or mumble. Certainly, I'd never heard him yell. You don't belong here, Krebs shook the broom to reinforce his message. Now take your butt and get out before I decide to turn you in. The object of his wrath was a girl. Standing beside an old couch, tangled in a jumble of moth-eaten velvet curtains, she looked barely half his size. The expression on her face was all angry defiance. You just try it, she said with a sneer. A student? I wondered, trying to place her. She looked about ten, which meant fifth grade. In my position as tutor, I taught a cross-section of pupils from throughout the school, but this girl didn't look familiar. 
She had short dark hair, a skinny build, and, I noted absently, remarkably dirty hands. Rather than wearing the school uniform, she was dressed in jeans and a sweatshirt. I was quite sure I'd never seen her before. Excuse me, I said loudly. Is there a problem here? Krebs turned and glared. The girl moved swiftly. Slithering past him, she bolted for the door. I blocked her path and held out my arms to catch her. Even though I was braced, she nearly knocked me down. Close up, she was tiny. Her chin barely came to the middle of my chest, and when my hand circled her arm, I felt only the bulky material of her sweatshirt, not the bone and sinew underneath. Not so fast, I said. Who are you? What's your name? What's it to you? See? said Krebs. Like I said, she don't belong here. She don't even have a name.